0: Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of digintravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, this is Istok, and welcome to episode 27 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. First, before we start, let me apologize, because it's been a while since our last podcast. We started with our 2021 Airline Digital Academy group in May, so I've been focusing on the Academy 100%. Currently, we are in the last week, week 5 of the Academy with group of 30 airline professionals and it's been an amazing experience for me, learning, engaging with airline people from all over the world, from Australia. New Zealand, to Turkey, Finland, Canada, and many other countries. The passion I see from people to learn about digital data, analytics, conversion optimization, experimentation, UX, is what makes me very optimistic about the future of our industry. I think continuous learning and knowledge are the best way to stay relevant, both as an airline and new as an individual, as an airline marketer. In today's podcast episode, I talked to Emre Guine, Head of Global Marketing Lifecycle at Skyscanner. I know Emre back from his airline days, when he was Head of Digital Product and Growth Marketing at Pegasus Airlines. Our paths crossed on different projects and events, where we usually talked a lot about digital products, conversion optimization and growth marketing. So when I saw he now works on retention marketing, I knew I had to talk to him on our podcast. Because retention marketing, especially in the airline industry, where we suffer from low differentiation, commodization and low frequency, is the hardest part of marketing. We didn't talk only about retention with Emre Emre also works on his own startup project and is an author of Think Better newsletter which is a newsletter about digital product and growth. I recommend this newsletter to everybody who is interested in these topics. We talked with Emre about content, difference between marketing in startup or in an airline and doing it in a digital company like Skyscanner. I hope You'll all enjoy this episode. Hi, Emre, and welcome to the Digging Trail podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. We know each other for a long time, Emre. So uh, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you is because I follow your path. You started, and this is how we met uh, when we did our first airline, digital conversion optimization research, and you were head of growth and digital product at Pegasus Airlines. Uh, in Turkey, and then you moved to Skyscanner. But then I really started to get curious because you also started with your own Think Better newsletter about digital product. So I was I wanted to talk to you again because I was intrigued by this path. your personal one as a digital marketer, as a growth marketer, as a product marketer. So to put it short, my question to you is, how is this different? How are these roles different? Working for an airline, working for a digital company, and maybe working on your own. I think you also have, uh, you work on a startup project, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question.
1: Yeah, I do have a, a, a startup project with, with, with my friends. I can also touch upon that one when comparing these these stuff. But yeah, you're right. They are totally different um experiences to work within but also different different focus as well uh, i mean i think one of the key thing is like where the mind at like the where the, where the focus is like you said a, a, an airline is very operational focused by the nature and that's what they need uh, so when the operation is the main focus, the product development or uh, your feature development or your campaigns is relatively more long-term planning, uh, fewer but longer releases uh, compared to other approaches. But uh, airlines have uh, some brand authority as well, especially in their domestic domestic market that they fly from mm-hmm. or to so that's a, that's an advantage as well like when you from marketing perspective having this brand uh, awareness or brand perception has an invisible contribution to to the activities that you are doing and mm-hmm. um, when compared the digi- digital company like skyscanner obviously you have more resources than air than an airline Uh, digital digital,
0: resources right
1: yeah digital resources you have more engineers more designers more marketing people more product product managers but then the question or challenge in a good way becomes what to build like where the focus is so alignment is really key at a scale like aligning aligning all your goals towards one unified strategy um, and w- delivering against that goal and delivering at pace because when you have many uh, sources, if you are not aligned altogether, you can be in motion, but you are not making any progress. So having having a output driven, outcome driven progress and aligning is, I think, key for uh, for a for a. For a native digital company, because like I said, you you, you release more frequently. I mean, there is no like an example like that we shut down the production and release something, there is a continuous uh, release and it's, it's iterative product development anyway. So it it starts with an MVP and then experimentation and then iterating and other versions in production along the way. So that's why the direction, the scope, uh, the aligning in the scope, securing resources, getting buy-in from stakeholders, stakeholder management, these kind of stuff are relatively different than an airline. Because airline, most of the human resources are your crew your flight crew your cabin crew and the headquarter or let's say product managers or marketers are the tiny and it's easier to manage stakeholders because it's a it's a it's a small group of people compared to mm-hmm. a, a company like this and in in, in a startup personal startup uh, the, the third use case it's totally different because you don't have <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any resources. I mean, you have resources, but compared to these uh, examples, you need to really be careful about where you utilize your resources: money, your engineers, or your efforts in marketing, and most of the time, you need to do that Pareto optimum uh, thinking all the time, because it's, I mean, you can apply some best practices, but you won't be seeing any results in the short term. And in a startup, you need results in the, in the short term, because you are trying to buy in a, a, a runway to your startup. If, if, it, if it And if you're not getting any external investment or funding, you need to be ROI positive, so you can uh, turn the wheel and reinvest and start growing your your business. What I observed in, in in working on a startup, you are in the arena by itself. I mean no one will come and save you. In 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 corporate cultures, because of this alignment, you have this okay I have asked that person and waiting a reply or we, we're gonna have a meeting two weeks later and you know things are more <laughs> in order and relatively small, but in a startup environment uh, uh, if you are working on your product, you would be the one who fix, fixes all, the, all those problems. So I think those are really different mindsets okay. or di- different focuses. That's how I can answer.
0: <laughs> one thing, because you not only start startup, but maybe more even with your uh, newsletter, your own newsletter that you create for digital product people and will recommend to everybody and include yes. the link in the show notes. But this is maybe what I learned when I started with Digging Travel five years back is when you go from this corporate job, digital marketer job, airline growth marketer job, like you said, the product is well known, the business model is known, the brand is strong. Maybe you don't think about the essence, the basics. And now I see this when we do Airline Digital Academy. And we talk about, let's say, digital optimization, conversion optimization. The key is to communicate your unique value proposition. So your value proposition. And I see that when we do the exercise of, let's think about what is your airline on our airline X value proposition, a lot of times we are like freezing, you know? Also, the other part from knowing your value proposition is knowing the niche. Do you have a niche, your place, your audience? And when you work alone, You build this audience maybe one by one at the beginning and this is i think the good part of working on a smaller you really see how important it is to understand your audience to visualize it to talk to them and this is now i think if i would go back it's right really the key lesson that we try to do in the academy is like talk to these people you need to understand who your audience is who is your niche what is your niche what are you good and what is the value proposition that you can communicate then and enhance with your digital product. I don't know if you had the same learnings or similar observations. Yeah, totally. I mean, in big
1: organizations, you can be really away from the real customers, even though we have the techniques or tools that we gather user feedback qualitative insights but it's not like that you are having a one-to-one relation and you need to really invest in in that and yeah understanding customers is the number one thing C- current customers or potential customers is the really number one thing before you even start anything at all before you you sh- you start shaping your strategy that should be the one feeding into the strategy and 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 your reason to exist in the market i would say
0: yeah no i agree as i said i think yeah. the the experience in these different areas i think really adds to your range as a digital marketer yeah um, totally one thing now because this is i think what you focus now uh, is retention i think you work on retention and life cycle marketing like you called it yeah uh And this is another thing that we talk a lot about when we talk with uh, our students, let's say in the digital academy, is the challenge in in airline and in travel of frequency, relevancy, and retention. Because the frequency and relevancy, let's say even before COVID, for the leisure segments, it wasn't that high. So people mostly travel, let's say, three, four times a year. And if you compare this to retail, it's much more difficult to stay on top of the mind of the customers, so to communicate frequently, to stay relevant. Uh, How do you look at that challenge? Maybe if you reflect back on, uh, let's say airline days and even now, uh, how do you look at retention marketing?
1: Uh, Yeah, very good question. And and like a million dollar question to solve in in travel industry. Like you said, I I mean, there is no doubt that retention is key for business growth. Uh, I mean, if, if if you don't fix your retention, you have a like a, a leaky leaky pool or leaky bucket, like you keep bringing new users, either paid or organic or free, whatever it is. But if they don't retain, then you have a really big problem. That's the number one required, prerequisite for a successful product and business growth. And it's maybe 10 times harder in travel because... Yeah, it's not a it's not a product that you use on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. I think on average, in global, the the, the, the statistics is like a, a traveler, a potential traveler is before COVID, obviously, uh, we're traveling maybe twice a year on a on a leisure uh, purposes. So every six months, I think the we need to change the. Um, lenses how we see retention in travel. Uh, so I believe uh, in order to retain, so the the key activation moment is not the conversion itself in travel mm-hmm. because it happens rarely. Let's say every six months. So we need to create some moments for our audiences to uh, generate some kind of appetite or. Or, or engagement with some other touch points. Mm-hmm. So for example, like you could inspire them to uh, read your articles in your blog. And this is a, a, a micro engagement in their journey every six months. So it's, it's a really long like shopping window for them. So you could leverage your more high-level editorial assets to inspire them and then maybe a little bit more functional tips about their um, potential destinations or potential dates. And as they move towards their uh, steps in their journey before they book their travel, then maybe you can change it. So it's not like only like let's say using whatsapp you use on a daily basis or any other so- messaging platform or social platform you use on a daily basis and there is an organic loop you get a message you send a message so it's by the nature of the of the product and the and the business model but in in travel it starts from dreaming to the travel itself and it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a vicious cycle i mean it's an infinite loop the moment you In your last day in travel, you immediately start dreaming about your next travel. So when you're (laughs) lying on the beach and say, okay, where should I go next? So it's like a a big loop that we need to inject some moments uh, to have some kind of soft retention. But when the time is right for that potential customer, because you you would be as a brand and as a product in their mind, when the time is right, they would automatically also be retained in your ecosystem and purchase whatever you are offering and still continue to be your customer. I think this is a different mindset to, 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 to approach. But obviously this is a, a little bit vague advice because COVID happens right now. I mean, before COVID, travel was to be something we look forward to. It was something like inspiring us and we were like dreaming about it with the pandemic everyone is fed up and they are tr- they are like looking forward to get out and get back to travel but the mindset changed mindset is right now everybody's anxious and there are literally different different questions in the consumer's mind do i need vaccination do i need psr testing do i need to be tested before departure on arrival so the questions Changed from like where should I go when when should I go what's my budget should I hire a car etc to something more functional and something more
0: safety. Do you think that travel brands can stay relevant and can like you said it's different it's difficult to measure and we'll talk about that but could you stay relevant and uh, engage with the audience by providing this Let's say advices or content or tips, maybe for some of the related questions that are not directly connected to travel, but maybe you as a brand uh, stay in front and top of mind, like we said during the COVID times.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, it, it is possible, and it's 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 the sensible way because that's what travelers are looking for. They are. I mean travel is the end result and this is a reality right now like there is a global pandemic if you would like to go somewhere you need to go within within covid reality so i i, I, I don't think it's like a like a health department very informative instructive content type but within travel context as long as you blend your, the covid COVID-related information in the right moment, in the right channel to the right audience, it makes sense and it increases their engagement with your products and reduces their anxiety. And it creates some kind of habit for them to come back to those products because you provide value and you answer their questions. It's again related with the first question we talked about. What do our customers want? Our customers want answers. They don't want promotions, for example, yeah. at the moment. They want answers and promotions. But first, where can I go? Is it safe? Uh, is my money safe? Will you be refunding? Is That kind of stuff.
0: You said, and I think it's not only your point, I think also Google is talking, especially for travel, about building these micro moments that you were talking before for attention. There is a lot of micro moments and a lot of time to engage with the brand before the final conversion happens. Yeah. I think as a digital marketing world, typically in terms of analytics, we became proficient in measuring, I don't know, campaigns, typical demand generation campaigns, measuring conversions, and then optimizing the ROIs. But yeah. my experience working with trail brands and with others, these metrics are like where in narrow and very siloed and often wrong, because we look at like from this one micro moment and we try to optimize and measure uh, measure the ROI. But because you can see money, you can see conversions, I think people feel comfortable. And this is like performance marketing, we call it, and I hate the word, you know? No, really, because what I think all marketing should be performance, if you're not paying. Okay. I mean, if I would be a boss and somebody would say, okay, we have performance marketing and we have some marketing that is not performance, which one would you choose? <laughs> but uh, if you go back to micro moments, we you know, that convert, that typical engagement with your brand starts before. But how can you measure the impact of it? So what are the challenges compared to, let's say, typical growth or acquisition in retention and how you put this all together?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, because like you said, the, the different data sources, different touch points, the journey is fragmented. Users are using multiple platforms, app, website. They are in, engaging with multiple touch points, a social post, social ad, searching, organically coming, clicking your email, so there is uh, blending everything together in a unified way is extremely hard and you need a really, really sophisticated engineering investment to do that and there is no one-size-fits-all plug-and-play tools to to do this as well. So I think it needs to be done step, step by step, like layer by layer, maybe because like you like you described uh, measuring campaigns is an existing state and the ultimate desired customer lifetime value is the desired state and there is a massive gap between these two states i think it should be step by step and uh, maybe uncovering another layer the first thing could be measuring two platforms like web plus app then maybe measuring all all channels with a with a sophisticated attribution uh, model, mm-hmm. and then maybe unifying all touch points into one cost like one data point per customer, like customer like a date like, um a one line data per per a, per a customer, not a user, but you know what Emre is using, like is like app he mostly visits app he mostly clicks into our these campaigns mostly search for these destinations so you start building some kind of a, like a data infrastructure within your ecosystem and then you connect those dots one by one and ultimately obviously you you need to uh, measure the the, the 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 longer time window like it's not one one shopping uh, value monetary value but like how they provide more revenue or more value to your company over time, and like how frequent they are using. Are they are they expanding their average basket size, or are you offering some more like up with upsell or ancillary products, or are you doing some cross sell? So, multi layered problem, hard problem, really hard in travel. But I think it sh- we, we should be approaching step by step and really doing one at a time because this is not, this is not a problem that could be solved at the same time. And I, don't, I haven't seen any, for example, in the early days of online marketing, you embed a, a Google Analytics script and you start using Google Analytics as your digital analytics tool. Uh, but it's not the case anymore as well. Like I said, it's sophisticated, multi-layered user journey. So that's how I see. But it's, it's a really tough one, I would say.
0: But in terms of, let's say, the metrics, what would you be typical? Are there different metrics that, uh, that we would look, look at then in typical growth or acquisition? Um. I
1: think I, I think one of the key metrics would, I would be focusing would be like customer lifetime value because it, it's a blended out, output metric.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In order to move customer lifetime value higher, you need to drive some input mechanisms. So customer lifetime value has a, a duration. Like if this customer is with us only one month, two months, three months, six months, and it has the revenue aspect as well like how much money we make from the customer. So that's why I think I would be leaning a little bit more towards the customer lifetime value. but I think it's businesses are like Rubik's Cube. there is no like the, there is no point saying okay we, we, we will be following. Just this metric and ignoring the rest. It's obviously you need to monitor some of the stuff to understand different layers of your business. So, for example, overall revenue is important for your sustainable growth, but I think customer lifetime value with revenue as the top two drivers is a blended. Like how healthy your growth is, are you Mm -hmm. increasing the, the, the value that you get from your customer? And how healthy is your monetization and business model are you growing your
0: revenue and in return your profits? Yeah. You talked initially, my first question was what was the change between, let's say, your role for an airline or your work for a digital company and startup. But you also, in an airline days, you worked on growth, on conversion optimization, on digital product. So more on, I would say, growth is typically, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say typically what I see, growth marketing is mostly, it's a lot, especially not in SaaS, in tech platforms, in typical companies, it's a lot about acquisition, optimizing acquisition, conversion. Yeah. So what is the main difference that you see when you move from this part, let's say the first part of marketing, to the last one, which is retention? What are the differences... um, or any, or learnings uh, for you as a marketer.
1: Yeah, the, exactly like you said. I mean, it, it, the, in, the, in the more like marketing perspective or like uh, airline, your aim or focus is acquiring users. But the the, the the users that you acquire might be the one that you already acquired before you keep bidding for the same users in the market. <laughs> and, okay, and there's a problem
0: talking. of the metrics that we told before. They might look yeah. great. For example, you're b- bidding for a branded keyword yeah. and uh, ROI is great, but you're bidding on already existing customer. So yeah. the silo metric looks great, but it's basically not moving the needle. It's a exactly. great example.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, if you think from market perspective, like the reachable market that i can target you keep targeting the same people with different mediums what i mean by retaining them designing a proper proper flow for them obviously you need to acquire them at the first place you need to create your relation between them but after you acquire them whatever you define that a like activation moment you need to wait to keep in your ecosystem and keep them relevant to your product and brand without using other external mediums or advertising uh, uh, environments so that's the main difference because yes you can in five minutes you can create a campaign in facebook and you start targeting people and you see some numbers in facebook business manager or whatever you are using but in in unique human perspective they might be the same person today tomorrow other day you are not if you think like as a physical store you keep paying money to get same customer out of the street to the to your to your shop uh that's the thing i i think that's the main difference um but retention is by like it's it's really dependent with the product and business model as well. I mean it's it's a it's a hard thing. Um, e- even though you have the, it, I think it requires more psychology and more um, depends
0: on the business model and product.
1: Yeah, okay. I
0: would say one thing when it comes to retention that I see that for example airline maybe also travel world is. Copying from other industries, uh, it's uh, the concept of subscriptions. Yes. So, because subscription by itself, it should be great for retention, right? So, you pay customer acquisition or acquire a new customer once. You have a customer acquisition cost once and then they commit to your subscription. So, basically, you're not doing what you're saying, what you're explaining before, going... uh, for each of the transaction going on the market, targeting the same people and competing with others, but you're trying to buy in. How do you look at uh, subscriptions in relation to, let's say, to retention and uh, to travel? Maybe some experiences yeah. or experiments uh, on your site. Yeah,
1: side. yeah de- definitely. It's, it's, I mean, I, I have seen many examples in travel brands like Amazon Prime, Subscribe Once, pay once, get several tickets or, or trips during during i think yeah that's that's something uh, more travel brands will ex- explore in the future but but my startup is also a subscription business it's 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 like a book summary mm-hmm. and podcast and audiobooks so you subscribe either monthly or yearly mm-hmm. uh, subscription i think is one of the hardest business model because Again, it's very psychology-driven. When I say uh, psychology-driven, rational customer behavior is disappearing. Because, (laughs) for example, when you see a monthly cost, like a cost for a monthly subscription, uh, what modern economics expect from modern consumers they would see two prices and they, they would compare and then they, they would they would make the right choice like the rational choice but when when at the purchasing moment uh, let's say in the mobile app users are not valuing the prices based on this stuff they think like 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 signing up for gym for example mm-hmm. when signing up for gym you say okay one month is let's say ten dollar uh, six months, is $40. Obviously, it's much more saving, but it's it's a commitment problem. It's not a, a money problem or a monetary problem. So, subscription itself is super hard. So, uh, establishing a sustainable and profitable subscription within travel is also <laughs> extremely hard because the monetary value is really high. The frequency is low. It's not like Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. like or, uh, or things like that, but it's relevant. I mean, there, I I believe there is there are untapped opportunities there, or or out of the box solutions that would disrupt the the way we purchase travel uh, again. But travel is not only like flights itself. I mean, there are many many different verticals mm-hmm. uh, in 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 travel and how we plan our trips so yeah i think there will be more more to come in that space but it's extremely hard i would say that those are my experiences
0: so far (laughs) no no good um maybe at the end or the last part let's touch a little bit about your uh, newsletter that you that you sign out it's called uh, think better which i like Uh, (laughs) thinking better should be a goal that everybody should probably have. (laughs) And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a curation. So you curate uh, different uh, thoughts, ideas, concepts that are connected to business, digital product, uh, things like that.
1: Right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always wanted to have um, like a... A, a place that I can share my thoughts. I mean, I, I, I've, I've written some stuff on Medium. I've, re- I've written some stuff on somewhere else. I tweet regularly, but I, I felt like having a, like a frequently something forces me to think about it, reflect my last week, like what I learned. So this this started like a with a very selfish and personal purpose. <laughs> it is for me, for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like an initial thought, but, and I have learned a lot during the journey as well. Because I started, at first, I was thinking I I would write something fresh, like a unique article by myself, and then I failed because it's I couldn't keep keep up the momentum. I did a couple of issues, like really well thought issues, but then I say, okay. This is not sustainable. I think in this game, sus- stability and sustainability is key. So I ask my myself this question in in that pivotal moment: What I do best? I do best. I do creation the best. So it's easy. Like it's it's my da- daily job. It's not a separate <laughs> separate effort. That okay? What should I
0: cr- cr- create now? In my daily moments, I, I create stuff. No, it's a, it's a great point, because if I go back to my point with, like I said, what we learned from Dream trail and this is the same, we are talking about airline or any digital marketing or content marketing. All this stuff starts, whoa, well, we should start with our newsletter, we should start with our blog, and then we write the first one, second one, third one, and then we are out of ideas to write. And yeah. like you said, consistency, being consistent, it's my, what I learned the hard way, the, the toughest yeah. Thing, to do something consistent or five years. And this is where the results will come, usually in yeah. content marketing in a few years. And if you go back to retention, <laughs> it's really yeah. sometimes difficult to uh, calculate in advance and say, we will do this content marketing for two years and then the results will come. But, uh, and yeah. also keeping the consistency. So yeah. uh, that's why I say, uh, I like your approach when you say, okay, maybe we don't have the capacity to write something new or something original each month or each day or each week. And maybe we can curate tips. Maybe we can create travel tips, like you said. So this, I think is a good learning for the audience. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. I mean, uh, yeah, I asked that question. What I do effortlessly, uh, that one, creating some stuff that I inspired. Okay. How can I, then secondly, how can I, create this effortlessly or with a minimal effort then i find this like nuggets like in the, in the weekly newsletters uh there is there is no like a long form uh, article it's just like uh, number one, number two, number three, like three things that I found inspiring or made me think about the stuff that I didn't know before or or I know wrong before change my perspective. And most of the time reading the newsletter is really like two minutes job or three minutes job. It's not content heavy. That's I also wanted as well. So, I'm going to collect effortlessly. I'm going to produce effortlessly. And I would expect my audience to consume this and engage with this effortlessly as well because everywhere is noise, 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 noise. And that's one of the reasons it was, that's why I say think better, trying to find some signals in the noise and surfacing and creating and sharing with you. If you don't like, unsubscribe. If you like, you are more than welcome. You would receive, yeah.
0: It's That's great the, uh, it's great format and as I said I like the nuggets like you said uh, and if you don't if you're not intrigued by one you go to the next one and yeah. if you get value let's say one nuggets per month it's it's great uh, yeah. maybe from your perspective when you are putting this uh, you are now at number I don't know 40 something like that uh, how yeah, many
1: getting, getting getting to 40 uh, yeah it's really
0: so bad maybe what uh, con- is there a concept or uh, let's say a nugget that you like the most uh, that you remember the most
1: uh, yeah i one of my favorite thinkers uh, in in this modern era is uh, the author of atomic habits james clear i can i keep myself keep re- like uh, referencing his 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 quotes uh, or his articles, sometimes notes from his books or his tweets. I think I would say one of the most valuable uh, things I have included uh, during this last 30, 40 issues was his stuff. He's he's really like thinking deeply and just surfacing the signals, really no bullshit, no noise, very actionable. and his advice was this: the, the pivotal moment as well. Like you said, the, the, the whole atomic habit is about this consistency. It's about uh, he, he's giving a, a, an analogy from uh, melting the ice. Like if you put one uh, degree of heat every time up until a certain point, you don't realize that ice cube is melting. Let's say you in, you start increasing the the, the heat uh, 32 no change 33 no change 34 no change but up, after some point the ice starts starts melting so what about the previous increase of heats do are they waste totally not they are accumulating after a mm-hmm. uh, after a threshold so this is this is like a, if if I didn't change it probably I would be giving up and I would say okay. This is a hassle for me and I'm not doing... That's why I'm t- doing something effortless. It's, it's in my normal routine. <laughs> no, no, it's
0: good. Uh, like you say, it's uh, forming habits, positive habits yeah. uh, and working on consistency. Maybe yeah. the last uh, the last thing, uh, you can comment. Uh, wh- whose nuggets were this or is it yours or somebody else? I, wrote, uh, I read today on your Twitter, you said that you are overthinking, right? When you are underthinking, read. When you are not clear, do both. And this <laughs> is, again, I think uh, learning, let's say, doing your own small thing, like a startup or in a small company, when you have to write the newsletter, when you have to write the blog, when you have to li- write the article, or if you compare it to your job as a uh, corporate marketer, when you often, I don't know, use a uh, agency to do that stuff for you. Yeah. I think writing is a great exercise because it makes you yeah. think a lot. So I really like this. So uh, yeah. when you are overthinking, write. And when you are underthinking, read. Uh, yeah, no, totally. I
1: mean, I think writing is a superpower and doing a proper writing, writing beautifully, writing clearly is really hard. And Because in order to write clearly, you need to think clearly. And yeah, writing dissolves. Uh, complexity. That's that's what I want. I always like tend to do. Like when I have doubts in my mind, and I just write. Like it draft, draft It it, it should. It, it no need to have it perfect, I and mean, it, it it won't be perfect in the first time. Just but just write it. When you write it, you realize where the flows are or where the connections are. Uh, but otherwise, it's just a a cloud in your mind, and and. It, yeah, writing is, is, is always uh, something I um, admire and try to do, yeah.
0: Okay, thanks, Emre. This was a, a great chat. Uh, thank could... you,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Yes, and uh, wish you all the best, and we hope that with better times we'll be able... <laughs> To build more travel habits and more travel retention. Yeah, <laughs> and, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I uh, hope so. Yeah. All the best in your work with uh, your digital product, with your writing, uh, thinking better, and also you. with your startup.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, and thanks, thanks again for having me. Thanks for being with.
0: This podcast is supported by Pros. Are you looking to optimize revenues across revenue management? retail, and distribution? With more than 30 years of experience and a legacy in the airline industry, PROS provides AI-powered solutions that optimize selling in the digital economy. PROS customers, who are leaders in their markets, benefit from decades of data science expertise infused into our industry solutions. If you like this podcast, check out PROS podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet,
1: on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or PROS website or visit the
0: Resource Center at pros.com to access our special COVID-19 edition webinars and blog posts.